this is just ESPN being ESPN. Welcome back to the Game Buckets Podcast. I'm Ethan, and I'm joined today by Matt and my friend Josh. What's up? So, let's we'll get into it. So, we recently saw that some bombshell news about Russell Westbrook being traded from the Houston Rockets to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. The Wizards traded John Wall and a 2021 first-round pick for Westbrook. And now John Wall is reunited again with DeMarcus Cousins, and Westbrook is reunited with Scott Brooks. So, who do you think won this trade? And let's just start with that. Who do you think won this trade, Josh? The Wizards, easily. John Wall hasn't played in two years. The pick is lottery protected, so even if the Wizards are bad, they still get the pick. And Westbrook, yes, people, there's always questions about him. But after the All-Star break, for a good period, he was averaging like 30-plus points on great efficiency. Like, this is his most efficient season for like for that point. I think if Westbrook didn't get injured, he could have even continued that in the playoffs. But... I don't know. Westbrook is just he he's less injury prone than John Wall. We have there's too many question marks about John Wall. Is he gonna be the same? Is he still have the athleticism? Is he gonna get injured again? So I think Westbrook is the safe bet also to keep Bradley Beal. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. I think that the Wizards come out the slight uh winner in this trade, but I'm not so ready to write off John Wall and I I think that John Wall still has some talent left in the tank. We remember in the 2017 season, he was averaging 23, 10, 10 assists, 2 steals. Uh, he was a fantastic player. He was, you know, easily top 15 player in the NBA at that time. And he had a he has a, a few injuries in a row that kind of set him back, and he's been out for a long time. But I think... After a initial rough stretch where he's still trying to get his legs under him, I think that maybe after about a quarter of the, the season or so, maybe like 10, 12 games, he shakes off the rust and he'll look more or less like the old John Wall. I, I think he's going to not be as explosive as he was, but going from 100 explosion to 90 is still more explosive and more athletic than most of the NBA and I really like the I really like the pairing with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. They were college teammates. They have always said they wanted to play with each other for a very long time. And now you have two guys who are coming off of injuries and are fully recovered from those injuries and have something to prove. And I think that could be a recipe for a good season for those two guys out in Houston. Um, so much so in my recent fantasy draft, um, I, I drafted Demarcus Cousins with my last pick because I, I think he's I think he's going to be pretty good. I think uh, he's he's really going to uh, flourish with uh, John Wall, and you know, fingers crossed, uh, he doesn't get injured. I I think both of those guys can end up having a really good season, and the the Rockets are still right there towards the the top of the Western Conference. It's uh, we definitely cannot write them off. Well, I completely disagree with you. I think that the Wizards did not slightly win this trade. I think they completely fleeced the Rockets in this trade. But like as Josh said, there's way too many question marks about this Rockets team now. Like, what production are we going to see from John Wall? He hasn't played in two years, and as a player who 
multi-used his athleticism. He tore his ACL and then he tore his Achilles back to back. Like that is just a devastating injury for a player that uses his type of athleticism. And like the Wizards getting Russell Westbrook, who had one of the best seasons of his career, efficiency wise, as Josh pointed out before. But like the Wizards are what their ceiling is in the East is what like the five seed now. Like they can be a really good team in the in the Eastern Conference for sure with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. That's a disgusting duo. And they also got the and the Wizards can still keep that that pick the protected pick. So like the Rockets really just have now like plummeted down to what like seven seed in the West, six seed like and who knows what's gonna happen with Harden? Is he gonna be unhappy the whole year now? Like I just think there's way too many question marks about the Rockets now, and the Wizards are going to be a good team next year. So I think that the Wizards really did a great job with this trade. Also, um, this is the first time in Westbrook's career he's actually playing with a big man that can shoot the basketball with uh, Thomas Bryant and uh, Bertans. So we might see like a lot more Westbrook pick and rolls, like where he, where I mean pick and fades, where the center fades back and he rolls to the basket. And this actually might be the best thing to happen for Westbrook's career in a long time. Yeah. So obviously, the second that this trade happened, everybody was asking, "What does this mean for Harden?" So, I obviously think Harden is, gonna, is getting kicked out of the door now. He's not going to be, not kicked out, but he's not going to be on the team. Definitely by the trade deadline. He just recently said that he wants to be traded to a contender like the Sixers. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get traded to the Nets. That might be my Nets bias, and I'm hoping it's going to happen. But, there's, in my opinion, there's no way that Harden is going to be on this team by the trade deadline. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, no, he. it definitely seems like he's not going to be. I, I still think that the Rockets can be a contender in the Western Conference. I do want to reiterate that I do think the Wizards slightly won that trade, mainly because there are less question marks surrounding Russell Westbrook uh, than there are around uh, John Wall. And the Wizards seemingly overall have a slightly better roster. Thomas Bryant, as, uh, as Josh said, is very underrated. He's due for a breakout year. Towards the end of last season in the, the the bubble, he was averaging like 19 points, nine uh, rebounds, uh, you know, a couple of assists, a, a block, a steal. He was he was really good. He was he was near dominant in the uh, bubble stats wise, at, at least. So I could see the Wizards really doing well with uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, uh, Davis Burton's, uh, the the whole rest of their their team. I like um, Avdia as well. Uh, they, they have a pretty strong roster from top to, to bottom. But that being said, though, it's I, I don't think that the Rockets should rush to ch- um, trade James Harden. I think they should see how the season goes. He didn't practice with them the other day, but he has to pass some COVID protocols and, and I assume he'll be, you know, back soon enough, but I don't think the Rockets should just give up on the season. I think that the combination of John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, again, assuming health, uh, could be really good for them. And I, I think that James Harden would enjoy playing with those, uh, with those guys and the Rockets still have an opportunity to be towards the top of the Western conference. I could see them what they're with their ceiling, I could see them, you know, still competing for like a three, four seed. Like, like I'm not so ready to just write them off. I I still think though that looking at it logically, James Harden will probably 
leave at some point or rather be traded at some point. But I don't think that would really be the smartest move for the Rockets, especially because now they're tied into John Wall for a few more years with his huge contract. Uh, it, It makes sense for them to still see what they can do surrounding James Harden unless they can get a crazy return back. Like if they can trade him to the 76ers and they get back Ben Simmons, then then yeah. Um, then though the, the fit with Ben Simmons and John Wall, that's, that's going to be really tough to, to swing. So honestly, like, so listen, I, I agree with you that James Harden is going to be traded probably at some point, but Ethan, so, so the, the teams that he's going to be probably traded to are the, the Nets and the, um, the Nets and the Sixers. The Sixers package headline with Ben Simmons, that's not going to work with uh, with John Wall. That's just clear and simple. Anyone can can see why. Any basketball fan can. But with the, the Brooklyn Nets package, that fits a little bit better. But the Brooklyn Nets have kind of said, or rather the rumors have slowed down significantly going to the, the Nets, and they've ramped up to the Sixers. So I think that the Rockets really shouldn't trade James Harden if they get back Ben Simmons because... Uh, they're tied into John Wall for a few more years, and having a team with Ben Simmons and John Wall, like you have no shooting. How do you how do you run a team like that? You have no shooting whatsoever. For me, I think that the Rockets actually have a chance of missing the playoffs because with teams like Phoenix getting better, or Portland getting better, or the Warriors being healthy. With, I mean, not Clay Thompson, but Steph Curry. I think the Rockets have put themselves kind of in like a, purg- a purgatory because. We don't know. Yes, they got Christian Wood, who could be really helpful with James Harden, but we don't. There's always the question marks about both Demarcus and John Wall's health. There's the question marks about if James Harden wants to play there. I don't know if James Harden. I think James Harden could still carry them to the playoffs easily, but they're in. They're in this weird spot because Harden wants out, and if they trade for Ben Simmons, nobody's going to want to trade for John Wall because John Wall's contract is is crazy and nobody's going to be willing to take that up unless they get a significant amount of picks. So the Rockets are kind of in this weird in-between state where they don't have an, I don't think they have enough to contend, but they don't have enough to miss the playoffs really. Like unless something happens or like, I don't know, they, it just really doesn't work out. John Wall, I think they're in this really weird position where their ceiling is like a second round uh, exit and their floor is actually missing the playoffs. So I just don't know how like it's going to end up turning out with them. Yeah. I, I think it goes without saying that the rocket season really is contingent on the health of DeMarcus Cousins and John wall. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So it, it really just, uh, it's more of a wait and see if they're, if they're healthy, you know, the, the thing is though, that if Marcus Cousins and John Wall are healthy, there isn't any reason to believe that they wouldn't be at least near what they were when they were before they got injured, right? Like they are, a, you know, a, a couple of years older, so you know maybe they'll lose a step or so. But if they are healthy, then you know their their skill level should return to more or less what it was before. Like that's that totally makes sense to me. Um, and if if both of those guys stay healthy and return to nearly what they were before, that is a dangerous team. Like, imagine a slightly worse 2017 Boogie and a slightly worse 2017 John Wall coupled with prime James Harden. Come on. That's a really good team. 
Yeah, but the thing is, though, like, how interested is James Harden going to be in wanting to play for this team? Like, there's just too many but, questions. But if, many questions yeah, right. Like, yeah, if the, the team is, is good. Yeah, but that's a very big if. Because, yes, yeah. they have Christian Wood, who had a great season for the Pistons. They have Daniel House, if they don't trade him. I don't think they will. Who's developing really well. I think they still have P.J. Tucker, so he's still their best defender. But... Even so, you, what John Wall is not that different from Westbrook. John Wall, the only player that actually has a worse shooting efficiency than Westbrook is John Wall. So it's not like they're getting a more efficient player. They're getting a less efficient player. And John Wall is not the best shooter either. He, he, John Wall is a better defender than Westbrook. He, and he arguably a better passer than Westbrook. But is that really going to make a difference? Especially if Houston keeps doing their isolations with Harden. Unless Houston actually starts coaching, like they're, I forgot who the coach is, but if he actually starts doing game plans, then I don't really see Houston going far at all. Well, I, I think that John Wall has a higher basketball IQ than Russell Westbrook. That is like true. It's, but... it's especially, especially during the playoffs, it seems that Westbrook takes a step back. But as we know in the in the playoffs, John Wall always takes uh, a step forward. He always steps up, and that's some that's something that you cannot say about Westbrook. So I I think that is, especially if they make it to the playoffs, they that that could that's where they'll really see the benefit of this uh, of this trade. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I really think it's possible that the Rockets miss the playoffs. I think because you got the. The seven teams that made it, not counting the Thunder, but then you add in Phoenix. I mean, not counting the Thunder. Sorry. You got the teams that made the playoffs last year, not counting the Rockets or Thunder. And if you mm-hmm. replace those two with Phoenix in Golden State, then, like, the Rockets are in this weird spot. But I, I think the Mavericks are going to have a better record. I think Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Suns are. Warriors is a question mark. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Houston ends up being the seventh or eighth seed. Especially with Harden looking uninterested, especially with all the question marks, we don't even know about their coaching. Their bench is questionable. There's a lot of questions on Houston, and while the Wizards, on the other hand, I think the Wizards can end up being like a fifth or sixth seed with Westbrook. So I think that it's it's not really a question about how Houston's looking right now. I really think that Houston screwed themselves over. I think they would have been better actually if they kept Westbrook, because at least I don't, I don't know. I don't think John Wall. Yes, he steps up in the playoffs, but is John Wall good enough to help them get the spot where, like, if the Rockets end up playing a team like the Lakers in the first round, is John Wall really going to make a difference? Or if they even play, like, a team like the Nuggets, I don't see, like, uh, John Wall making a difference in a, in a Rockets versus Nuggets series. I think the Rockets are just really in this weird spot, kind of like, they're, they're like the Orlando Magic of the West right now, except they have James Harden. They don't. They're they're not bad enough to tank. They're not good enough to like miss the playoffs, which they might actually. But so they're in this weird spot. So unless they eventually trade James Harden, then I don't know what's going to happen. But even if they do trade James Harden, they still have John Wall's contract. They're basically stuck for the next like two years until twenty twenty three. So if they're just in a horrible spot right now, and I don't see Houston doing anything substantial, I think. I think that the Houston's end up going to be like a seven or eight seed, and they're going to lose in the first round. I don't really see anything happening with them. Yeah. So, 
you're kind of getting to what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you, what do you think the rocket ceiling could be in the West? Do you think they're a seven seed? I think they could probably be the six seed max. Matt, what about you? Um, what the the Rockets in the Western Conference? Yeah, yeah. Their their ceiling. I could look. I could easily see if everything goes right. And when I mean everything goes right, I mean that uh, Boogie and John Wall are healthy. That they're near what they were pre-injury. Uh, that. Uh, the Rockets see that they're playing well at the beginning of the season and James Harden turns happy and he wants to stay and he likes playing with these two guys and he doesn't get traded at the trade deadline. You know, I could see like a even like a three seed from them like like they they haven't lost out on their entire roster like they really they just swapped Russell Westbrook for John Wall and they they gained Marcus Cousins. So no longer are they doing that like ridiculous all small ball. They now have a legitimate center and pre-injury he was, you know, the best center in the NBA. And I could see the combination of those two guys playing together and enjoying playing with each other. I I can see that rubbing off on James Harden as well and he enjoying it uh, playing in Houston also. I think that at least the, the thing is, the reason why they, or a, you know, at least a big reason why they wanted to trade Russell Westbrook is they already hit their ceiling with that with that combination of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They saw that they couldn't do anything more. In essence, they got rid of Russell Westbrook as the sidekick to James Harden and replaced him with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. That's the way we kind of have to look at it. I, I think that if a lot of things go right for the Rockets, they could end up right there at the top of the Western Conference. Like, we're forgetting how good... my Basically, my point with this <clears throat> is that uh, we're forgetting how good DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall were. And, I... yeah, and, and I'm just saying that if they remain healthy, the, the ceiling is, is very high for them. I disagree, um, because they could have... They signed DeMarcus Cousins, and they could have kept Westbrook also. I don't think they reached their ceiling of Harden and Westbrook. I think D'Antoni doesn't know how to coach. He yeah. So they were they were playing they were playing without a center. They're playing not they're not playing basketball. They're playing like when you go to the park and every nobody passes. Everyone just plays isolations. They weren't playing like the beautiful sport that basketball is. I think if you actually kept the Rockets. You keep if they kept Westbrook, they kept Harden, they signed Boogie, they signed Christian Wood. They could have been better. They could have actually had a big man, one who could shoot, which helps out Westbrook tremendously and helps out Harden. They keep PJ Tucker, was was a great defender, and yeah, their bench gets worse. But I still see if Boogie was healthy and they kept Westbrook, they could have had a higher ceiling because yes, Westbrook is not like he's his. He's not as good as in the playoffs as he is in the regular season, like like John Wall. But John Wall, we don't. It's it's a question mark with him still. Also a boogie, but I just think they could have done so much better. I think yes, Westbrook didn't have that great of a series against the Lakers and even even the Thunder, even though he was injured. But it could have been so. They could have had such a higher ceiling, especially if they played like basketball how it's meant to be played and not tried a whole new thing. Without a center, they were just basically they were running around. They were trying to outrun their opponents, outscore their opponents, which is not the right way to play basketball. 
And that's why they failed. I don't think Westbrook was the reason they failed. I don't think Harden was the reason they failed. I think the reason they failed was their coaching and their roster. And now that they have big men, I think that they could have, they could do better. But it's also a question mark of how much better the West got themselves. With Portland getting Robert Covington, Phoenix getting Chris Paul, and all like Golden State getting Kelly Oubre and Curry being healthy. I don't think Houston got better comparatively to the rest of the Western Conference. That's my issue. Hey, Josh, you definitely make some great points, but I think we should move on. So, a couple of months ago, Kyrie made some comments about how KD is the most clutch player that he trusts ever in his career. And recently, LeBron said on like the road trip and podcast with Richard Jefferson that he was hurt by these comments, and he said that he. Wanted to support Kyrie so much, and he wanted to see Kyrie be an MVP of the league, which is absolute cap. There's no way LeBron wanted to see anybody on his team get the MVP other than himself. Like, that's just facts. So I think that, you know, LeBron, he took Kyrie's comments a little bit too personally. I think KD, I mean, Kyrie was really just trying to make those comments to try to massage KD's ego now that they're... Both, you know, uh, teammates now. Oh, you're the most person that I trust the most. Because obviously, we all know that LeBron is insanely clutch. And when they were in Cleveland, he had some insane clutch moments. So, I think that LeBron took it a little bit too personally. Um, Josh, what about you? What do you think about those comments and LeBron? Well, first off, LeBron said he wanted Kyrie to win MVP. I also agree. That's a cap. Because if LeBron actually wanted to... He would have tried to talk about Kyrie when Kyrie demanded a trade in 2018 when he got traded to Boston. LeBron actually cared that much. He could have, like, tried to soften the wound of with them. And but also with Kyrie's comments of how he's finally playing with a clutch player. Yes, it's completely wrong. LeBron is one of the clutchest players in history. You cannot deny that. There's statistics to there. Just watching him, watching that 2018 playoff run where he had game winners against the Raptors and the Pacers, like... You cannot deny that. Also, like, 2016 with his block and everything. Yes, it probably is to soothe KD's ego because Kevin Durant, as people know, is kind of soft, like, in the sense of in the sense of his ego. So, yes, but I think Kyrie, Kyrie just needs to, like, stop talking a little bit and just let it, let it play out. Yeah, I, I think that... I think that LeBron is kind of right to be insulted. Um... Kyrie's comments that uh, Kevin Durant is the first player he's ever been comfortable giving up the ball in the clutch to, that is, in my opinion, that's clearly a dig at LeBron. It's, it is probably also serves to, to massage KD's uh, ego, that is, that is facts, uh, but I also see it as clearly a slight against LeBron. Kyrie is still obviously salty for some reason towards LeBron. What this comment does, it, it undermines... It undermines how incredible LeBron is in the clutch. He, the him not being clutch is a myth at this point. It's a stereotype from that one Finals run uh, in 2011. Uh, LeBron James is is money in the fourth quarter and overtime ever since then, and it's it's been nine years now, which is a lot more than any player you know even plays in the NBA period. And this is a guy who pretty much made the finals every single year and won four championships during that time as well. So I think that LeBron is is 
totally in the right to say that he was he was hurt. He is not taking it personally, but he he should be taking it personally because Kyrie meant it in a way that is a dig at LeBron. And frankly, I really don't understand why Kyrie is is doing all of these these ridiculous comments and taking these jabs at the king, taking these jabs at the best player in the NBA. Personally, in my opinion, I, I think it's it's some element of of, uh, of jealousy. I think that Kyrie didn't like that uh, LeBron James got all of that love in Cleveland after that championship. I I'd, Frankly, Kyrie's a very hard individual to understand, especially because he doesn't really talk to the media that much. And he has all of these weird, crazy opinions that the, the earth is flat and this and that. So... So just at its base, Kyrie is a very hard individual to understand. So I guess we can't really rationalize or truly understand why he's saying these comments about LeBron. But I think that I think that bottom line, what's going to end up happening is if the Lakers play the Nets in the finals, like if that's what the matchup is going to be, uh, LeBron is going to go hard. He is going to go so, so hard because... Because imagine this, right? He's he's going up the the two guys, Kevin Durant, who when he went to uh, Golden State, basically eliminated the the chance of LeBron winning another championship. Uh, KD pulled the old the ultimate snake move, and LeBron had no chance to to beat this you know cheat code Warriors team. So LeBron probably feels that KD cheated him out of uh, two more championships, if if not more, if not three. I think that LeBron sees Kyrie as this annoying little brother who likes to um, who likes to, to get his little shots in when he can, and I I think that he I I think LeBron is also kind of annoyed, rightfully so, when Kyrie requested the trade out of Cleveland, saying that he wanted to be the uh, top dog. He's done with being the uh, second in command or the the second in the uh, chain, and. I, I think that both of those guys being on that team, LeBron is going to go so, so hard against them. Uh, not even just in the, the finals, but when they play each other in the regular season also. Um, those Lakers and Nets games, those are going to be must-watch TV. I'm going to be tuning in right when the right when the uh, game starts. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be tuning in when the Nets preseason starts on December 11th. But Yes, sir. Yes, a, sir. That's a conversation for another time. Yeah. So. ESPN, they recently came out with their top 100 rankings, and they haven't released their 1 to 10 yet, but that doesn't really matter because we all know what the top 10 is going to be. So More or less, yeah. More or less. So, But in their recent 100 to 11, there has been some heinous placings, in my opinion, of certain players. And, you know, certain, like, you know, Zion dick-sucking, which we're going to get to, that ESPN loves to do. So, yeah, let's just start it very quickly. So, for the first placing that really jumped off my screen when I was reading it was Zion at 19. Well, it's, it's you know, completely <coughs> disrespectful, unbased. Like, just look at the guys that he's above. Like, yeah, you can say what you want about Paul George, but Paul George has been there and done that in the NBA with a top three candidate for MVP in Oklahoma City. He had, like, the best year last year. No, but he was coming up injury. Still played relatively well. He's above Bradley Beal, who averaged 30 last year and missed the All-Star game, uh, was snubbed. Like, come on. So, 
even Spicy P, and he's above Kyrie Irving, who's listed at 25, which is nonsense. We're going to get to that in a little bit. So this list was absolute trash. Zion is not the 19th best overall player in the NBA. Yeah, I understand he played, what, 26 games last year, and he, he played pretty well, was relatively efficient for the time that he was in the NBA. But, you know, putting him at 19 is just nonsense. Like, he's a good talent. He's going to be a good player, but 19 is absolute disrespect. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Um, so the one reason why I don't think it's such a heinous placing is because uh, this ESPN ranking, it's for the 2020-2021 season. It's not a ranking of last year uh, or a, a ranking of like overall in general, but it's a ranking specifically for next season. Um, I think it's pretty clear to most fans, uh, again, assuming health, uh, that Zion Williamson will be taking a step forward. Uh, that begs the, the question, what is he taking a step forward from? Well, last season he was averaging, I think it was around 23, 24 points a game, six, seven rebounds, you know, it, at least a, a steal and a half, at least a block and a half, a couple of assists. I'm just naming these numbers off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that most of those are in fact his, his numbers, that those numbers are correct. Um, so if he's taking a, a step forward, a nice step forward from that, uh, I don't think it's so out of the question to see a 26, 27 points per game, nearing 10 rebounds, three or four assists, you know, north of a steal and a half, north of a block and a half. To me, 19 at those numbers may even be underrated. It may even be underrated. Uh, Zion, again, assuming health, assuming that he's that that he'll uh you know play out a full season uh he will be a superstar very soon very 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 soon and i i think that seeing him at 19 is a shock because he's only uh been playing for one year and you know in addition to that he really only played for you know 40 or so games you know at that as well um so it is because of how little games he's played it is a shock that he's so high um, but seeing those games that he played, seeing the numbers that he put up, and expecting the step forward that he's going to take as a young developing player, uh, I, I think he honestly may end up making the 19 number look low. I, I think that he could end up pushing for a top 15 placement for the you know 2021-2022 installment of this uh, article next year. Well, the way I look at it is, the way I look at Zion is, look at Luka Doncic last year. Luka... Had an insane rookie year, and he still, like took it and went crazy with it this year. He made all NBA first team, last team to the playoffs, went to six against the Clippers. Nobody even thought that they were going to take a game, let alone two, especially before Zingas injured. So, so when I look at Zion, I see him being able to do that same thing. I see him be able to like develop his game and like push it. But the difference is, I don't see him making the playoffs while everyone in the top twenty. Is a playoff player. All of them. I mean, at least top twenty-five, top thirty. I see every player there making the playoffs. I don't see Zion doing that. I don't see Zion making like. Mm, I see Zion at best being an All NBA thirteen player, especially because he's probably gonna miss a lot of time. Because I don't know if he's gonna miss a lot of time. They're probably gonna rest him a bunch for at least early on in the season. I see. I don't know. I I think Zion could may become the nineteenth best player, but I don't. But I, just right now. I think it's extremely disrespectful to put him over a player like Bradley Beal or 
Uh, even Pascal Siakam, yes, he had a bad playoff performance, but like his regular season performance was fantastic. I, uh, a lot of players that I think it was disrespectful to put Zion over. Yeah, um, so let's go now to me and Matt's guy, Kyrie Irving, who's listed at 25. That is a horrible placing. Kyrie Irving is a champion, a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and to list him at 25 is just absolute disrespect. One, he was below Zion Williamson, which is heinous to me. because That's just absolute nonsense. He's below Paul George, below Jamal Murray, below Carl Anthony Towns. Like, there's just some heinous stuff going on in this list. Matt, what about you? What do you think about this placing? Um, so I was kind of just shitting on Kyrie a little bit, uh, you know, a few moments ago. Um, but I still think that uh, even though he is a mercurial individual and he's overall just kind of strange, um, the talent is undeniable. And 25 is not where he should be. Uh, he should be much, much much higher. I think that he's at a minimum a top 20 player, if not a little bit higher. Uh, last season, he averaged, what, like 27 points a game? Yeah. He could, yeah, he could easily put that up again, uh, even with Kevin Durant. Like, like I could, like, honestly, I could see Kyrie being the leading scorer on the, the Nets team by, like, a point or two. Like, it wouldn't, it's it's clearly going to be, like, Kyrie and KD are going to be pretty much equal, but I could, I could actually see that at the end, by the end of the season, that Kyrie is averaging a point or two more and is therefore the top scorer on that team. Like that, that really wouldn't surprise me. So I think that 25 reflects that ESPN thinks that he may not be as healthy as he has been in, in previous years. This is ESPN thinking that he's, he's still going to be out for, you know, 20, 30 plus games. That's, that's definitely possible, but I really, I really hope it doesn't happen. And, if it if it doesn't happen and he does end up being healthy, he'll he'll make that number twenty five ranking look really really stupid, and especially if he has a f- healthy season with him putting up uh, twenty seven ish points a game, uh, you know four or five rebounds, six or so assists, uh, and being the leading scorer or near the leading scorer on a Nets team that puts up like. 55-plus wins and a, a top-three seed in the Eastern Conference in a deep playoff run, he can easily contend for a, for a top-12 placement in in the uh, future. So I, I think that 25 really just doesn't uh, doesn't really reflect the the talent that Kyrie Irving has. It could it could also just, just be that this is the, the media, and the media doesn't like Kyrie Irving, and they could just be underrating a guy who they, who they don't like. It's just... Kyrie is obviously better than the 25th best player in the league. He's obviously top 20, probably top 15. So it's just this is just ESPN being ESPN. They want people to click on their article. That's why they had Zion at 19th. That's why they have Kyrie at 25. That's why all of this stuff, like they have other players really high, other players really low. Kyrie is obviously still one of the best point guards in the league. What did he average? 25, whatever. He's still one of the clutchest players in the league. He's just playing with Kevin Durant, which is going to make him more efficient because he doesn't have to take all the load on offense. So, yeah, this is ESPN being ESPN, them being stupid. Yeah, so just, you know, talk about them being stupid. Russell Westbrook is listed at 36, which is what? He dropped 
from last year's placement, like, 14 spots, which is ridiculous. When he had, like, one of the most efficient years ever, which is, like, ridiculous. Russell Westbrook at 36 is is bullshit. And... I mean, 24 spots. 24 spots he dropped, which is actually worse. Like, how does Russell Westbrook drop to 36? Like, even if you're projecting to next year... There's no way Russell Westbrook is going to be a top 36 player in the NBA. He's going to be top 15 easily as the best player on the Wizards. They're going to be a really good team. And having Russell Westbrook at 36 is nonsense. Like, I, it, it doesn't even make any sense to me, like, how they could think about Russell Westbrook at 36. Yeah, I, I think that Russell Westbrook is definitely very underrated here. Just looking at, like, for example, Chris Middleton... At 35, as above <laughs> Russell Westbrook, yeah, I think that's it's it's laughable. It, it's truly laughable. This is, you know, the the people who wrote this article is they're expecting that Russell Westbrook is going to take a further dive in his production as he gets older, and you know he he's had you know surgeries over the the past few years as well, and they're kind of seeing him going to this you know, this this terrible place in Washington and him not putting up numbers and maybe kind of uh, pulling a Blake Griffin where you're just sent off to this this nowhere place with uh, no relevance and no one even talks about you anymore. So I, I could see that's the reasoning why they're going to, uh, why they put him at this number. I think it doesn't reflect the talent that the Wizards roster has. I, I do think that at this point in their career, though, in their respective careers, uh, that Bradley Beal is the better player than Westbrook at this point. So Beal would be the top dog there in Washington, but again, Westbrook would be very close behind. So let's see. So if Bradley Beal is around, yeah, he's at 22, I could see Westbrook being closer to like 25 or like 24, 23, like that range. That, I think, makes a hell of a lot more sense than all the way back at 36. That that seems like uh, it seems like an an overreaction to a seeming decline in overall s- skill from a player last year who, in it was really only in the the playoffs you were starting to see those those cracks just a little bit. But right before the season uh, had to end because of uh, COVID or rather had to to pause, he was putting up really really good numbers with that small ball team. He was, he was putting up near triple-double numbers. So uh, I think that Westbrook still has a lot of uh, skill left in the, the tank, and uh, he's he's going to make that 36 placement look real silly real soon. Yeah, um, Westbrook is obviously better than 36. He's going to show it, especially with the Wizards and how I think he fits the team better than he fit the Rockets. Especially, also, he made All-NBA third team. Like, you can't put an All-NBA player at 36. I just see that as disrespectful. Yes, it's in the norm to shit on Westbrook right now, but I don't see, like, that... Like, I don't see him that low. He's easily better than... There's not 35 players in the league better than him. Yeah, so... You know, another really shocker placement to me was Ban Adebayo at 13. Which is crazy, considering that they ranked him one spot above Joel Embiid. Which makes... No sense. They ranked him above Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Like, say what you want about Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league. I feel I would probably take Ben Simmons over Ben Adebayo, in my opinion. So, like, 
like putting Bam at thirteen is crazy. And I don't know what their logic was. Yeah, he played really well in the playoffs. He had those some iconic moments with that block on Jason Tatum, especially. But I, I don't understand how you put Bam at thirteen. Like that's just way too high. Like Joel Embiid at fourteen is crazy. Joel Embiid is a superstar. Uh, like probably like the one or two best centers in the NBA. But like, there's no way Bam Adebayo is going to be better than Joel Embiid. It's not going to happen. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Yes, he got swept in the playoffs, but he still put up insane numbers. I don't know off the top of my head, but they were like this was his best playoff series of his career. And yes, Bam made the finals and all that. He's insane players gonna have. He's one of the brightest futures in the NBA currently. But I really don't see how he's the second best center in the league. I really still think that Joel Embiid is better than him. I could still see even Carl Anthony Towns being better than him, in my opinion. He's a great player. He has a fantastic future, but 13th is way too high, especially how they have Jimmy Butler at 12th, which is the player who led them to the finals. I just don't see how that makes sense. Yeah, I I think that uh, Bam Adebayo being put at 13 is kind of the opposite of the reason why they put Russell Westbrook at 36, uh, because both of those guys... Or rather, Bam Adebayo had a really, really good end of the season and, and playoffs, and the ESPN writers are slightly overreacting and are reading into it a little bit too much that he's going to take this this huge step forward and just completely dominate the NBA like he uh, had a like he pretty much dominated in the uh, playoffs. You know, let's we we can give credit where credits due, and and that's it's like the opposite reasoning for why they're putting Westbrook at 36 with uh, Westbrook kind of uh, seemingly being on the decline. They have not released the top 10 yet, but uh, seemingly it's, it's going to be Jokic there as the number one center. It doesn't make sense that Bam is number two. Joel Embiid is, again, assuming health, uh, is, is significantly better than Bam Adebayo. Joel Embiid, when he's, he's healthy, he's a near-MVP candidate. He, you know, he, he puts up like Shaq numbers. He is unstoppable down low. He's, he's a, he's a superstar. Bam Adebayo, in my opinion, is more of an, an all-star, a really good all-star. But Joel Embiid is just pure superstar level. And Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, we haven't, uh, we didn't mention it and and I don't want to get into it too much, but him at 23 is really low. That is really low. Because Carl Anthony Towns is, he's a near 30-point scorer, near 12-rebound kind of guy. And to me, Carl Anthony Towns is overall a better player than Bam Adebayo. It's just that Bam Adebayo is, number one, a, a better defender. But as as much as Bam Adebayo has on defense against Cat, Cat has that and even more on Bam Adebayo on the offensive side. So I think that Bam is Bam is, in my opinion, still a top twenty-five player in the NBA. But even but even if you could, for example, swap Cat and Bam uh, from uh, thirteen and twenty-three uh, respectively, I think that actually makes a lot more sense. Bam in like the mid twenties range, and Carl Anthony Towns closer towards uh, you know the 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 fifteen-ish range. Yeah, you know, definitely. Some really weird places in this list, but I think that's all we have for today. So thank you guys for listening to the Getting Buckets podcast. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on Apple, subscribe to us on Spotify, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.